What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 170 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm Rose Justin Mahaley, along with my voice that still has not come back from the weekend. Alongside my co-host, Brandon Long, who is back from his first rave that we're going to talk about inside. Today is the listeners podcast. This one is awesome. It is for you guys. You guys ask some amazing questions. Again, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revise. So much brought to you by Raw. So much shoes come to Haley at checkout to support your boy. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating review to enter for your chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card giveaway. Inside, we announced this week's winner. Have your notepads ready. This is a banger. I'll see you inside. You guys, you guys, you guys, I'm super excited to be back. Uh, for you guys, we have Brandon back in the studio. Still haven't quite got my voice back from uh, over the weekend cheering my clients on. Um, fucking passion, man. You can't fake it. You either leave show weekend with your voice and or without your voice and mine is completely fucking gone um you guys loved the jordan duggar uh ben hartman episode and honestly it was one of my favorite episodes it was an episode that meant a lot to me um you know like i said two of the most impactful men in my life um i really appreciate all the kind you know words messages everything um you know that we have gotten from that is one of our most popular episodes um by far that we have had um Today, Brandon's back. Welcome back. Brandon went to his first festival. Yeah, I did. Over the weekend. It's going to be back. Life changing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, Ubi Doobie. Actually, fun fact. Yeah. It's pronounced Ubi Dubby. I'm still calling it Ubi I am too. I am too. <laughs> I didn't know that until Ubi we. Ubi way cooler. We were walking out and the, like, I guess, like, farewell, like, announcement that was, like, playing over, like, the, all the speakers was like, thank you for coming to Ubi Dubby. We no appreciate shit. you guys. And I was like, there's a weird heartbreak that like you feel in slightly that disappointed. Yeah, they're like I've been going to Ubi Dubi for a year, for over a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since I've whenever it was that I heard. Yeah, of exactly. It. Yeah, well, that's fun. But it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely recommend for anybody. First festival yeah. since COVID. So yeah. there, there was like, I'm not even kidding you. There was at least 30, 40,000 people there. Yeah, it looks like it. It, it was bomb. I was so happy to see it. I was so fucking happy. Like life's returning to normal yeah. as it should, you know, as it should. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, let's see this weekend. We, what is it? Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. So we have Ashley Adams three days out from the Pittsburgh Pro. Really excited about that. Uh, she's going to be coming in hot for that women's physique division. She's going to be tough to beat. I'm excited to see. I've, I've never won a uh, overall uh, championship at that show. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've had um, about 10, 11 clients there uh, do that show. Never won. It's a hard, hard, hard show. Yeah. Uh, never won it overall there. So hoping that changes this weekend. Um yeah, um, I uh, oh we need to do our uh, we need to find a hundred dollar Amazon gift card giveaway winner. So Brandon is going to be scrolling through, and I'm gonna tell him when to stop. All right, we're gonna start right now. All right, I'm gonna tell him when to stop. When to stop? See, whenever I say stop, it's gonna land on someone's lucky name. Now, okay, this is the best podcast out there. Well, yeah, duh, Brooke Jackson. Brooke Jackson, ayo, ayo, ayo. <laughs> I started listening to this podcast back in fall 2000 or 2020, and I'm so glad I found it. Not only is it educational, but it fires you up to attack another day from bodybuilding to growth, mindset to humor to business. Everyone will find value out of this. Justin keeps it 100. 
Brandon is the most handsome guy I've ever seen in my entire they, life. They never said that. Okay, not the last part. It's <laughs> uh, one of my clients. It's one of my clients, Brooke. She, she definitely does not think you're handsome. I know. That's okay, though. That's okay. She has standards. That's why she's on Team Haley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Brooke, thank you. I appreciate you. Make sure to hit up the Grow or Die podcast DMs, and we will get you out your $100 Amazon gift card and uh, hit us up with a good email for you. Um, and yeah, we'll send it out. So I appreciate that as always. Without further ado, we have a listener's podcast today. We have 11 really, really awesome items to touch on. Let's go ahead and dive in. All right. First question. Females and PEDs, importance of blood work, dosing, cycling of pro- properly permanent sides. So permanent sides more so come from long-term abuse, just like with anything. Um, if you run PEDs year-round and you're a female... The long-term side is your endocrine system will likely never recover fully. You know, I just did a metabolism seminar last night. Um, If you're a Team Haley client, Caleb was kind enough to post that uh, in the Team Haley group. But um, honestly, I I highly recommend, you know, tuning into it. Um, You will learn way more in that uh, hour and 15 minutes uh, than you will in any metabolism lecture in your school, I promise you that, or any metabolism lecture that you have to pay for um, that anyone else is doing. It was jam-fucking-backed. But in there, I talked about how women's thyroids never quite um, recover to 100%. Um, you know, after you diet, after XYZ, um, it's never quite going to be back to 100. We might get to 99, we might get to 98, we might get to 96. We need to constantly take the appropriate steps to ensure that, you know, we're doing our due diligence to get back to that point. The same thing goes with, you know, your sex hormones. You're going to use PEDs. You're shifting your sex hormones into being controlled synthetically uh, rather than, you know, naturally. And, you know, this causes a massive biofeedback loop of your body stops producing, um, you know, it's a natural testosterone for most. Uh, Majority of PEDs and majority of PED cycles um, you know, unless you're running a very small amount of something like Anavar for a very short time, a very small amount of Primable and for a very short time, a very small amount of Turinable for a short time, you're going to have essentially full shutdown of your HPTA axis. So you're not going to be making any, you know, testosterone throughout that time, right? Because your body senses that it's not needed right now. It's being supplied synthetically. And, but your body is still going to crank up the estradiol because your free testosterone values are higher and your body has to constantly keep a system of checks and balances in place. It's, it's how it configures its homeostasis, right? So the importance of blood work, huge. I mean, every one of my clients who run cycles gets blood work done and sent to me and we check it out. Importance of dosing, very important because there's some that's too much, there's some that's too little, there's some that's just right. My issue is in the bodybuilding world, there's very few coaches, very, very, very few coaches who understand how to actually run female PED cycles. If someone says, hey, we're going to take 10 milligrams of this and we're going to do it for eight weeks and eight weeks come off and do this. How do you know at eight weeks the cycle's done? Yeah, you're, you're not assessing biofeedback at all. You're literally Googling what you're supposed to do with this steroid, which is all based off just literally what's you know, happened with, you know, research studies over the last 40, 50 years, however long the anabolic steroid has been studied. And you're just going to blindly apply that to your client. When someone runs, um, 
you know, cycles like this without any sort of biofeedback transparency or understanding. That's very, very, very dangerous and harmful because the reality is they have no idea what the fuck to look out for. Yeah, you could have a terrible response in the first two weeks. You could have a terrible response in the first two weeks. Like, what do you do? Or what if at week eight, you know, you're just kind of starting to hit, you know, it's so bio individual Mm -hmm. to every individual. Exactly. What if at week eight, you're just finally starting to hit something, but they have no clue what to look out for. Mm -hmm. They have no clue the questions to ask. And, you know, so they pull you off and you didn't really actually get anything out of the cycle. Let me tell you, if you look up most female cycles, most cycle durations in the eight to 12 week range, I'm going to tell you from anecdote experience and tons of fucking blood work. Usually that is a, the, the cycles can go much longer than that. If managed properly, the cycles can go much, much, much longer than that. Um, and commonly a little bit more aggressive as well without any downside. Again, as long as the coach knows what they are doing and cannot reiterate that enough. Very small amount of people do. It can be run longer, it can be run better, and it can be run more efficiently, and you can get more out of it. The other issue I have is when people are like, you know, again, take 10 milligrams of this for eight weeks, um, you commonly have no idea what to do if things do go south. Like, you have no idea that, you know, um, something like aldactone can be utilized as an anti-androgen. Mm-hmm. A woman starts having an enlarged clit, and we can reverse that. But you have no idea, so you just pull someone off and hope and praise that it goes back to normal. Right? right? Like, that's pretty scary territory to be. Um, actually, it's something I've been, um, that I, I'm putting together teaching modules for my coaches on right now. Um about how to, you know, properly run PEDs in men and women. Um, it's something that we teach on. It's something I touch on a lot, but I'm putting together some really in-depth stuff for them so that we can really foolproof the system because, you know, I, I unfortunately, I, I had to let go of a coach earlier in the year who was completely abusing steroids, and I had no fucking idea. Um, you know, the person had no idea what the fuck to do and what was going on. And she, you know, she was doing things that she was never taught. It's very dangerous. It's extremely harmful. Right. So, you know, now we're taking so many preventative measures so that my coaches now are all pretty genius. <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you, like it's, it's great to be. That's awesome. Um, so the importance of dose, dosing is huge. Cycling off properly. Honestly, that's, it's really easy to cycle off properly. Um, it, it is. You have to have the right supplements in place. You have to have the right stress mitigation tactics in place. I enjoy taking training to RIR if, if I think it's needed in the situation. I enjoy pulling cardio back, um, you know, making food easy to get in, just pulling stress back as much as possible because if we're still listening high amounts of stress post-cycle, like say you run an 18-week cycle of something because your biofeedback allows you to because there's nothing negative going on, Let's say, you know, after that, I want to pull back stress so much so that we can also pull down that minimum simulating threshold point so we can allow that body to bounce back to normal. Remember, your body, every single thing forces an equal and opposite reaction. So we get done with the cycle. We keep pushing hard, hard, hard. You're going to get negative feedback. You stop a cycle right before that negative feedback hops in. There's many signs that are showing it's about to happen. You stop the cycle right before that, and if you keep pushing the body, that negative feedback can still kick in, and then we can be estrogen dominant. Um, you know, so then you fuck somebody up. Um, so I pull back stress. I allow the body to recover. I allow the body to just you know be a human, um, and and you know I make protocols 
rather easy in majority of cases. Um, like I said, with permanent sides, that kind of comes down to abuse rather than use. Right. So hopefully that helped. All right, number two. How does not having a thyroid affect bodybuilding and how closely would you monitor labs? Yeah, honestly, I mean, if you don't have a thyroid, you're going to be supplementing with synthetic T4 and T3 um, or something like Armour Thyroid, uh, but likely T4 and T3, or at least that's what I prefer. Um, you know, say like 100 micrograms of T4 a day and like 12.5 to 25 micrograms of T3 a day. So your body's kind of still going to be operating like it has a thyroid. You just can't miss your supplements. But this isn't something that, like, say, like, you can still you can be just as effective a competitor without a thyroid as long as the medications are proper, and you know at the proper dosages as you can be with it. But the like the you know important part of the question here is monitoring labs. Like man, we need labs done like at, at least every other month, um, so that I can see that your T four and T three are staying within range, and that, you know they're staying within where we want them to be in range, which is, you know, commonly at top like 25%, uh, 25 percentile of the range. That's kind of the most optimal place to be. Um, so the labs are very, very important, but this doesn't affect your ability to really build muscle or drop body fat as long as the medicine is dosed properly. And again, unfortunately, this is something that you just see botched so many times. And honestly, it's not really that difficult. Um, you know, if you're looking at replacements, your thyroid makes about 80% T4, about 20% T3. So we need to be able to somewhat match those dosages up. Um, you know, T3 is about four times more, um, four times more effective or powerful than T4 is. Um, you know, we, we, we just need to understand that. We need to understand how they work and we need to just match up the dosages. That's really it. All right, and three, what makes SERMs not as nasty, per se, as SARMs when used for bodybuilding? Yeah, that's a really good question. So SERMs are selective estrogen receptor modules. SARMs are selective androgen receptor modules. So SERMs react on estrogen. This is like Novadex, which is very popularly used in bodybuilding. It's something that I use in clients more than any AI. Um, you know, Novadex is very, very good. Actually, um, it's actually really good for, you know, preventing or pulling back gyno because it does exhibit effects directly in the breast tissue. I think I remember having a conversation mm -hmm. with you about that. Yep. Um, and so they just affect estrogen. But understand, in the body... The body's constantly reading the testosterone value first, and then the estrogen value is a response to the testosterone value. And men and women everywhere, okay? And women, this only changes when, you know, pregnancy happens around or around menstrual cycles and things of the like. But even then, it, it, it happens very infrequently. SARMs are going to anabolic receptors and anabolic receptors are you know what takes up things like free testosterone in the bloodstream right so SARMs are going to these and taking these up well would you rather fucking have testosterone or a, you know this drug that we have no fucking idea if it actually fucking works in there so why do SARMs affect testosterone directly because it takes up the receptor that it wants to bind to and it forces the testosterone to just not get utilized. So free testosterone goes up, but free testosterone isn't all, you know, isn't all that matters. It's how much your body actually utilizes. 
So in the end with SARMs, your free testosterone might go up for a short time, but the SARMs are taking up those anabolic receptors. So your body is going to counteract that with, oh, okay, I'm not able to take up all of this testosterone. So I actually am going to make less testosterone or some of them can even cut testosterone down to essentially zero, cut off your natural production. And now you don't have any free tests really or the bare minimum amount of free tests because you're putting something in that's not bioidentical at whatsoever whereas all anabolic steroids are derivatives of testosterone so a part of them is all bioidentical but you're putting something in there that's not bioidentical whatsoever your body has no clue how to fucking read it and all of a sudden it's taking up these anabolic receptors so your testosterone can't be utilized like that's stupid as fuck like, literally, that is so fucking stupid. Why would we want that? Why would we do that? Utilizing a testosterone booster as your as a 21-year-old healthy male, which is usually the people who use SARMs, a testosterone booster, which is going to do basically nothing for you, is going to be much more effective than a SARM. I promise you that. Everything you get from a SARM is going to go away as soon as you stop taking it because, one, there's, there, there's going to be water retentment. Okay, that's going to cause blood pressure to go high. Or two, maybe the effect just comes from a mental placebo effect that you can only hold on to so fucking long. But the reality is you're still going to shut down your natural testosterone production with the majority of these things. But the third item is commonly whatever you're putting in your body isn't even actual SARM because they're so fucking hard to actually like, like they're, they're so hard to get real, right. like real SARMs because... All the places that make real SARMs are in China, and China shut down all the factories. So where the fuck are your SARMs coming from? If you're buying it from Mexico, like, yeah. If you're buying it from like the front of a gas station, or literally, a gym, I've seen it at gyms, the front of gyms. Dude, there's some at fucking House of Games. I'm getting rid of those ASAP. Oh, you're right, yeah. dude. There is embarrassing. Yeah, it's literally embarrassing. I wouldn't buy those. At- no, never. So, the selective estrogen receptor modules they don't really change. They, they bring down the level of estrogen that um, you know is utilized and uptaken in the body. And it, this isn't a, an extremely negative feedback just because as soon as you stop taking it, that's going to go back up because the estrogen is a response to testosterone. Whereas the SARMs are going to make testosterone drop off, but estrogen might not drop off. And again, you can't force estrogen dominance here. Right. Before, is judges' feedback really important even if it changes from show to show slash different judges? Yes, judges' feedback is very, very, very important because we can always learn. We are all students of the craft. You know you know why I think Megan lost the overall? I think it's because her X-frame wasn't accentuated because her hair was in front of her body on her front pose covering up her left shoulder. You think it was too much? Yeah. Well, I think you just couldn't see the X-frame. What do you think? You could only see, like, a Y-frame. Well, we're going to find out from the judges when we send over picks. But, like, a Junior USA, like, the simple thing I'm going to change, I'm gonna, when you're facing the front, your hair's behind you. Completely. All of your hair's behind you. Um, she said it was difficult to keep her hair straight um, and out of her eyes. She thinks it'll be easier to, like, have wavy hair, like how Ashlyn Brown wears her hair. She thinks it'll be easier to have wavy hair and kind of keep it out of her eyes. So, you know, we're going to switch that. We're going to have the hair behind her the entire time she's facing the front. Um, that's really all that we're going to change. Um, but judges' feedback is extremely important because, you know, I wouldn't know to look for that if I'd never heard that from a judge, right? Megan's right there. Megan's knocking on the door of a pro card. 
What if she doesn't get her pro card because of something we could have very easily fixed? Like hair. Like hair. If we just got judges' feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, that would kind of suck, right? But the reality is we're all students of the craft. We're all just trying to learn. The other reality is there's a lot of judges that just simply don't care and they copy and paste everyone the exact same feedback unless you were top five on the national stage. Yeah. Then you get individual feedback. But it's always good to just know what they say about your physique. Um, Sandy gives amazing feedback. Tyler gives amazing feedback. John Sherman gives amazing feedback. Um, Becky Clausen gives amazing feedback. Like those are, you know, all high... Um, um, national level judges rd caldwell gives amazing feedback um you know the 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 list goes on and on um tamara um what is tamara's last name tamara gives amazing feedback but a lot of the judges are just going to copy and paste their same response for everybody um for bodybuilding it's not as important because the reality is in bodybuilding you know why you lost it's not that subjective Mm -hmm. right same with women's physique same with classic physique usually I can tell you exactly why you, you know exactly why you lost by looking at the pictures, mm-hmm. you know, but for some like bikini for wellness for figure. Yeah. You know, the, that feedback men's physique, that feedback's very important. Mm-hmm. All right. Is it leanness that creates issues with hormones, thyroid or the length of diet phase? Yeah. So it's both of them. You know, when your body gets really, really, really lean, actually, you know what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to read you guys a post. Is it your post? No. I'm going to read you guys a post that I read today from uh, Team Atlas. Damn it, where the fuck that post go? Um, Someone shared that post. Was it pertaining to the it. question? So, yeah. So, when you get really fucking lean, really, really, really lean, your body is fighting everything you're doing. You know, you're, you're having to fight against all of these natural you know, responses that are feedback loops trying to just keep you in survival mode, right? Your body doesn't want to be super duper lean. So what's your body do? You know, it drops your endocrine functioning from your thyroid to your sex hormone output, all of these things, because that'll drop how many calories it's utilizing, um, you know, in order to um, uh, try to survive. And we have to counteract that. And we have to, you know, trick the body through, you know, refeeding, through diet breaking, through strategic treat, uh, cheat meals, things like we have to essentially trick it into thinking we're going to give it more and more food. So it, you know, ramps up metabolism a bit if you nail these things properly. It'll ramp up sex hormones a little bit, ramp up growth hormone a little bit. Um, but the reality is you're just doing that temporarily to give it a piece of the pie that it really wants just to pull it back down and force it to keep going. So understanding your metabolism responds, your thyroid responds to everything, whatever you've got in the last 24 hours. It has a very short memory. It's constantly adapting. So if you do a 48-hour refeed period, which we know are really good, if you do a 72- or 96-hour refeeding period, which we know are very, very, very beneficial, the longer the better as long as you know the, the, the stage showing isn't being compromised like we're not putting on body fat. The longer the longest you can get out of a refeed period, the better. When, when you're feeding the, 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 the body up, it's now anticipating going into the next day that you're going to eat, say, 
4,200 calories. But the reality is you drop down to 3,100 calories. Like that's about where I'm at on a normal day right now. But my high days, so my high days are about 4,900. My low days are 3,100. So today and yesterday and tomorrow, I'm doing 4,900 calories. So now come Friday, body's going to just be 4,900 calories, but I'm only going to give it 3,100 calories. Saturday, the body's going to split it. It's going to be like, maybe I'll get 4,000 calories. I'm only going to give it 3,100 calories. Sunday, the body's going to be, maybe I get 3,600 calories. I'm only going to give it 3,100 calories. Now, it doesn't work as a fucking calculator. That's just giving like an example of how this thing works, right? So that the only way we can manipulate is by tricking it, but the reality is you're getting really fucking lean, like extremely lean. Obviously, I'm utilizing anabolic steroids. I don't think that's a fucking secret to anybody. And so... I take my endocrine system functioning into my own hands. My athletes who are enhanced, we have complete control over their endocrine system functioning. But this is why I say anyone who says that women shouldn't use T3 in prep are complete fucking idiots. They're complete idiots. They should not be guiding anyone on any sort of enhancements because the reality is utilizing T3 throughout prep can actually keep you much fucking healthier than not using it at all. It's just like HRT. I mean, T3 is a form of HRT. Okay. We have, I mean, how much fucking research do we have on this shit? It, HRT, a man who's 42 comes in, or let's say a woman who's 42 comes in. Her testosterone is so fucking low, it's almost zero. What are we going to do? What's doctor going to do? They're going to give her two, three, four milligrams of testosterone a week, and that's going to bring her levels back up to within normal range, right? That's the exact same fucking thing as your thyroid. It is healthier to prep with a healthier thyroid or with healthier thyroid functioning than it is to prep without healthier thyroid functioning. It is complete idiocy to think any differently of that. And I feel really bad for people who think that way because it's very close-minded. But you know, the reality is some people have 100% of clients show up in shape and some people don't. And the reason being is you know, commonly because of the you know, how, how, how the coach is able to manipulate um, you know, the diet, the training, the stress management, and the PEDs, like, it's all so synergistic, mm-hmm. right? Like, one thing, like, you can't just take DMP and get in shape, right. right? You have to, when you take DMP, you have to understand that your liver stress is probably going to be quite higher. I'm going on a little bit of rain here. You take DMP, your liver stress is probably going to be quite higher because, well, where does all that energy have to go through? Your liver is massive, in the fat burning process. It is huge. It is fundamental in the fat burning process. So your liver enzymes are probably going to shoot up a little bit, right? Because you're burning energy at such a high fucking clip. But the beauty of DMP is it has no effect on thyroid. So your thyroid function is still going to stay really fucking high, really good. Why? Because when you, when you diet on DMP, you can you still utilize more food. More food keeps your thyroid values higher, keeps your sex hormone functioning much better, keeps your performance better. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. What's the side effect of DMP? There's one you sweat a little bit more. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we're terrified of sweating. It depends, doesn't, you know, depending on your environment. Yeah, yeah, depending on your environment. Fuck, <laughs> sometimes in the gym, it's like 70 degrees, and you don't even sweat that much. Mm-hmm. But we train a hog, and it's like 100 degrees all the goddamn time. <laughs> it's like, fuck, dude, I'm struggling. <laughs> but so what creates the hormone and thyroid issues commonly Lack of knowledge by coach, first and foremost. Number two, dropping substantial amounts of body fat. Number three, you know, the the length of the dieting phase probably wouldn't even be top five because the reality is you can manipulate 
things to be, you know, be able to prolong a diet so well, especially if someone's enhanced, you know, I mean, the, the reality is prepping enhances healthier. If, if you know, if you have someone who knows what the fuck they're doing, prepping enhances healthier than prepping naturally. But someone has to know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And there's just so many dumbasses. Like, there really are. I'm just tired mm-hmm. of it. And seeing prep, when I, like, feel so aggressive and so shitty, I just don't mind calling it all out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, might I, as well. I have no filter in the all-season, and prep, it goes to another level. Yeah. I might start spitting names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. What should all clients know slash be doing before signing up with you? Oh, this is a good question. Yeah, it is. Practicing the all-in mindset. All-in. What does all-in mean? That means every single variable said. That means no leaf is unturned. That means every single thing you possibly do to progress, you do. You should be practicing not being fucking babysacks. I'm not going to babysit you. I'm going to give you the tools you need to win on stage. I have the resume to show you I can do that. You want to turn pro, I'm going to give you the tools you need to do that. I'm going to drive you. I'm going to call you out. And if you're slacking, I'm going to let you know. If you're going off protocol and I see it on your story, I'm responding to the story and I'm telling you. You know how many clients I respond to? Their story? I bet I respond to 20 clients a week. Like, what is this? Is this the in your protocol? Yeah. yeah. What, what, Why are what we is doing this, this exercise? And Why then, are you and, eating and, this? And every single time they explain it to me. Or like 95% of the time, it's like, so X, Y, and Z happened that led me here. And I'm like, all right, I'm just fucking major. I'm going to call your ass out. Mm-hmm. Like, the reality is your results is my work. And I take great pride in my work and I'm going to care about your results more than you do. I promise that we might not be friends. There's many clients I'm not friends with. There's many clients I, I strike up friendships with, but the reality is if you're not willing to go all in and do whatever it takes to be your best, I don't mean winning on stage. I take lifestyle clients on too. If you go all in, you give your prep every single thing you have to give and you lose on stage, I'm still happy. I'm still proud and you still prove something to me. Yes, we want to win, but the reality is in bodybuilding, you're going to lose more than you win. That's just the reality. What did you do to go all in? When you're lining up on stage and you are seeing the stage for the first fucking time and you're about to walk on it, you have a moment of clarity of did I do everything in my power to put myself the best position to win. If you're a lifestyle client of mine, every single time you check in, you have to understand there's a huge standard because of the amount of talent and people on my team or the caliber of talent and people on my team rather than the amount. Are you living up to the standard? Did I do everything from last check-in to this check-in to improve, to keep up with the culture of the team? This culture will eat you alive. I mean, there's four clients I've lost in the last, like, two weeks. Who, you know, were long-term clients, but they're like, I can't keep up with the culture anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, X, Y, or Z happened, and I cannot keep up with the culture anymore. Right. If you're not a mentally tough person, if you're not someone who's extremely coachable, if you don't want constructive criticism, if you don't want tough love, do not hire me as your coach. But the reality is, I'm in this to change lives, I'm in this to impact people, and I'm in this to make you better in the end. If and when you leave me, the reality is you're not going to coach someone for 30 fucking years, right? Right. But I'm probably going to coach for 30 years. Mm -hmm. When you leave me, you are going to be better than when you came to me. That's a promise that I will make. But you have to have the ability to go all in. If you don't go all in, I'm not working with you. I will get rid of I will cut you very fucking fast. And I cut Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I really do. Because there's a whole line of applicants that want on on this fucking team. Yep. If I I could say anything about it, it's uh, be ready to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you're okay with being uncomfortable, be ready to grow. Wherever you are right now, all of your life choices got you to this point. And you're reaching out to me because it's not good enough. And I need to hold you to a standard that's good enough. Right. Period. And I take great pride in that. Absolutely. 
All right. Oh, this is nice. How are you, Justin? How's your yeah. prep pro progressing? That's, I know you're dominating. That was a really, really, really nice message. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I'm good. Like, I have a high day today. I'm solid. Now, you asked me yesterday. Yesterday, hard day, dude. Yesterday's a hard day. I had, I had four meetings. You know, I have, have obviously athlete responses and stuff like that all day. I had quite a few email items to do. I had an hour and a half long metabolism seminar. My training session, my massage, everything. I was like, dude, by the end of the day, I was fucked. And it was a low day. And I was fucking hungry. But then Matt got back to me at night and he was like, oh, two Chipotle burritos. And I was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. You did light up after that. Yeah, I was really happy after that. Yeah, um, preps progressing very well. We're, we're having an issue, um, you know, kind of stabilizing my my uh, body, um, uh, my body weight. There's massive drops that are happening there's a lot of there's a lot of progress for not much like i'm not doing i i've done like three cardio sessions in the past two or three weeks um but this scale just keeps dropping honestly when you train your fucking ass off when you like truly push to beat the logbook every set like the more intensity and the more effort you bring into your training session the less cardio you got to do mm -hmm. and when i do cardio i go hard as fuck dude right. like i'm busting my fucking ass man and um you know so we're, we're having to feed a lot more than I'm used to, but this is the healthiest prep mentally and physically um, and spiritually that I've ever been in. I'm really excited with how I look, and, and I really think something good is going to happen um, at these two shows. I feel very confident, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm still beating the logbook, um, and you know I'm, I'm really happy with that. I'm, very, I'm happy with how things are progressing. I actually have a question to kind yeah. of piggyback off of that. Yeah. Do you, because, you know, you say you're you're struggling with the body weight. You're yeah. dropping pretty fast. Do you feel like your environment, like we just talked about yeah. at Hog, yeah. being so humid in there, yeah. sweating profusely, Definitely. is affecting? Definitely has an effect. Because my body's fighting so hard to just, like, keep internal temperature right um and check like it's hot as fuck in there and like i mean you see my shirt when i leave the gym like everything's wet head to toe i know how i and feel so I, yeah. i'm like imagining how you feel and like yeah. i did my prep at hog yeah but that was like the only prep i did so i have nothing yeah. to compare it to but it's also it's also the environment at hog of like there's there's no gym in Austin's close to hog's bodybuilding talent Right. I mean, Hog is the only bodybuilding gym in Austin. It's the mm -hmm. only gym with real bodybuilders right. in it. Right. Like you're around Olympia, you know, competitors every single day. You're around mm -hmm. Olympia champions. Future Olympians. You're around future Olympians. You're around IPB pros. You know, you're around. I mean, my my whole fucking team. I remember I just made a comment the other day. Um, who was in there? Uh, someone was in there. Oh, I was talking to Danielle and Abriana, and I was like, dude, I remember when I first started walking into Hog, and there were no team Haley clients here. Now I walk in, and the whole gym trains with me. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, that's fucking dope, right? So, like, our environment second to none in there. Like, the last prep I did was at a gym that was far less serious, and there weren't, you know, very good, you know, physiques in there right last time i said on this podcast everyone at that gym got all butt hurt and offended but like that's the reality you know compare it to hog and it's night and day mm -hmm. you know hog has champions and you know the other gym has people that might get top five right you know regional shows but the hog has olympia champions there's a difference mm -hmm. there's a big difference yep so like the environment in terms of the daily push Oh, dude, it's, yeah, like, that That pushes me so far that I know it's contributing to that loss as well. Cool. All right. 
Tips for beginning content creators. So understand every great business solves a problem, right? It's one of Jordan Duggar's famous lines that is so true. So what problem do you see in the industry? I saw a problem of transparency in the industry. And I'm really proud that since I came in and started being transparent, there's a lot of other people who have now all of a sudden started being transparent. I'm going to take credit and say I started that trend, right? Not a lot of people talk about the drugs their clients take mm -hmm. or drug protocols that they have their athletes do or the depths of which they have to push some of their athletes. Like they only show the 500 carb club. They don't show the fucking trace carb club, right? And I don't give a fuck showing that because the reality is, you know, you're going to be on my team. You better know what to expect. You might be someone who has to go to extreme depths to get peeled. So that was the problem I identified was there's no fucking transparency and I don't give a shit if you don't like me mm -hmm. because the reality is you don't like me because you don't want to be challenged, you don't want to be pushed. It's nothing I did, it's your digestion of what I do. So you need to find what's the problem that you identify, how can you help solve that problem, make that problem better and what solution do you bring to the table that can prevent that problem from spreading and growing? Base your content around that issue. Okay, so that's your digestion. It's your digestion of social media. It's your digestion of your timeline. And, you know, from there, you have to make the choice of what do I bring to the table that fixes this problem? And then triple, quadruple down on that, post about it, be it, live it, let it overtake your life and be real with it. And, you know, that's, that's the number one tip that I have. Along the way, you're going to find extreme passion because you're going to start problem solving. You're going to start impacting people's lives. And through that, it really gives you great fulfillment and great passion. Right on. I love it. All right. Opinion on supersets. Yeah, I hate supersets. <laughs> That's I it. hate supersets. If Here. you can do two exercises back to back, then you probably didn't go all out in one exercise and we're leaving adaptation on the table. I don't want to leave adaptation on the table. I want to force adaptation. I want to go up above and beyond for adaptation. I do things like slow supersets, like I'll do a lying leg curl and, and then the adductor machine, but there's like a five or six minute break in between, mm -hmm. you know, but the reality is I'm breaking it up like that to give myself more rest before I train the other, uh, you know, like before I do lying, another set of lying leg curls again, like I'm going to give myself a little break, but in that break, my body's good to go, just my hamstrings aren't good to go. So I'm going to crush my adductors here um, and, 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 you know, while I crush my adductors, my hamstrings will continue, um, you know, facilitating blood flow through kind of, you know, recovering on their own. Yeah. You know, you can say the adductors take a little bit away from that, but the reality is I'm taking eight to 10 minutes between hitting those hamstrings, eight to 10 minutes between hitting those adductors. So like, that's not a superset whatsoever. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, just alternating exercises. What kind of, um, time lapse between exercises would kind of like a superset i would say like man if you can do back-to-back -back exercises that are antagonist groups in under like two minutes you're pretty close that's maybe, maybe like under 90 seconds okay yeah because i mean 90 seconds your blood pressure hasn't dropped down mm -hmm. yet it's normal your heart rate hasn't returned to normal your oxygen levels haven't returned to normal your atp levels haven't elevated back to normal like but like it has to be a different movement hurt. though yeah because if you're doing yeah. like it's different from a cluster set, yeah, so you're yeah. doing the same. You're same doing the same exact move. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So a cluster sets like what we'll we'll use in to just add more mechanical tension, um, you know, to the same muscle mm -hmm. that we're working, um, or it's something like a drop set or rest pulse, whatever. I'm super cool with those um, because you're working the same muscle over and over and over again. And the reality is, you should be able to take that set further. You know, to a further point of failure than you would be able to with just one straight set, right? But 
you have to take into account. So, like, I don't want you to take that and just do clusters and rest pulses and drop sets on every fucking exercise you do. Just because I say you can take that further and force more adaptation. Those are very stressful on the nervous system, so you need to pick and choose when you put those in. And the reality is I train my straight sets heavy as fuck like heavy as fucking fuck dude and like that's what forces the goddamn adaptation mm -hmm. so like that's what i chase yep all right signs of or how to tell if you're having digestive issues and the first step to fixing them yes yeah, so if you have like loose stools like prolonged um i do everything in like in like three or four day segments if something hangs out for three or four days and there's likely an issue right if it's a one-off it's a one or two day thing then it goes away that's just a kind of a fleeting issue okay so, um, signs of or how to tell you have digestive issues, loose stools, big one. Probably have an issue with nutrient partition and nutrient absorption, okay? Seems like your, your, your body's just kind of forcing the energy through rather than actually absorbing it and allowing it to kind of clump up, um, you know, and bringing in fiber and, you know, bringing in things like that that'll make it clumpier to pass through. It's just passing it through for whatever reason. We might have high T3 levels. Um, you know, we might just have something, uh, a food that doesn't digest well that your body just wants to get out of it. We might not have high electro, high uh, stable enough electrolyte values, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, we need to fix that. You have, you know, bloating that lasts longer, 30 minutes or cramping after meals or you're constipated, things of the like. You know, these are all feedback signs that, you know, you're, something is sitting in your gut or your bowels. You know, you need to identify if you're constipated, something's probably sitting in your bowels and it's pushing back up, you know, through your small intestine into your stomach, you know, all the way through. Um, or if something's just kind of sitting in your gut and fermenting, 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 pulling more water in, pulling more oxygen oxygen in to try to pass it through you're going to be bloated for a long time like i said if the bloating doesn't last longer than 30 minutes it's probably not a huge deal but if you blow every single day after eating the exact same thing and it lasts 15 minutes every day stop eating it right. um so how to tell if you have digestive issues like it's going to punch you in the face mm -hmm. like it's going to be very obvious how to fix them we well, have to identify what it is that's happening and then you kind of reverse engineer from there um you know in order to get to the solution like that's, you know, it's a lot deeper than what I can give on a podcast. Like that's what my clients pay me for, yeah, exactly. you know, to it's like, free service. It's, it's, yeah, solving all of those items, but you just have to find the issue and then reverse engineer back to the root. And then you attack the root. Commonly, if you go to a low FODMAP diet, it's going to, um, um, you know, help mitigate the issue. And I don't want you to take this out of context. Like Justin tells everyone to eat a low FODMAP diet. No, that's not it. It's just if we have gut issues, that is one of the steps that I take. Um, I, you know, I, I love utilizing Metagenics and Defin. Um, here, I'll, I'll give you some. Revive 15 grams of daily greens a day, 10 grams of glutamine a day. I use the Now Brands, um, Now Foods, or Now Brands glutamine. Seven grams of Metagenics and Defin. Use that digestive stack every day and watch how things fucking improve. See saw all of your meals to taste. Watch how things improve. It's going to get better. I promise you that. There's your free tip of the day. <laughs> <laughs> With that, moving into our last question. Best drugs for a female competitor can utilize in off-season to build muscle. Yes, so best, well, it depends on the need. You know, cycle design starts at the top, and again, we reverse engineer that as well. What is needed? Are you a skinny person? 
Well, if you're a skinny person, we might want to utilize something that's going to be more voluminous in nature, like an MPP or like a testosterone. Oh my God, is Justin telling girls to utilize testosterone? Yeah, it's the most bio-fucking-identical hormone in the body. Utilizing testosterone, starting at three milligrams weekly and working up one milligram a week until you reach your peaks, your peak dosage, which... I can't tell you what your peak dosage is without working with you. It's going to be the best fucking anabolic cycle you will ever run in your life. I promise you that. But some people freak the fuck out over the fact that women shouldn't take testosterone, even though women's bodies literally make more testosterone than it does anything else. Anyways, I digress. Um, If you're someone who's, you know, naturally larger and you need more refinement to your physique, a prima bullen can be good. And I don't want to say prima bullen can't build muscle. It's absolutely going to build muscle, right? You can be skinny and take primo and you can, you know, have great, great gains. A terrenable in there with primo. You guys know I love terrenable and primo stack. I think it's an absolutely fantastic stack. Um, You know, if you need something beefier than that, and equipoise is good. Um, back in the same realm as Primo and Turnable and kind of jumping all over the place is Masteron. Masteron can be good. Uh, but honestly, I shared something on Instagram store a while back about if if I told people what the best anabolic to use for a woman is, they would all shit the fucking bed and freak out. It's testosterone. It's bioidentical in the body. You put testosterone in, the body's like, oh shit, I know what this is. Start at three milligrams, you add a milligram a week until you reach your peak dosage, commonly somewhere in the eight to 14 milligram range, more commonly in the eight to 12 milligram range. You utilize that, like I already explained how to run a fucking cycle earlier on in this podcast, and that is going to be the best cycle you'll ever run in your life. Bikini girls shouldn't take testosterone. Bikini girls have fucking testosterone in their body. The same way women's physique girls do the same way. Big Rami, who won the open bodybuilding Mr. Olympia does. Everyone has testosterone. We need more education on pharmacology, and unfortunately, there's not enough people willing to get educated because their fucking fragile egos are in the way. But that's the best fucking cycle you ever take. Now, offsetting that cycle with something else that's going to keep um, you know, the non-aromatizing to aromatizing ratio strong. So I highly recommend adding in some of my 20 milligrams of, or 15 to 20 milligrams of preamble in a week. Very, very, that is an incredibly small amount of preamble, but it's going to help balance that ratio. Same thing with master on 15, 20 milligrams a week, adding that in on top of 10 milligrams of testosterone. It's going to balance that out. It's going to make sure you have more non-aromatizing than aromatizing. That's not too big of a cycle. It's actually still a rather small cycle, but you are going to get the best results of your life. That is literally all I have to say. If anyone wants to argue with me, you're free to come on the Guard Eye Podcast and argue with me. I'll gladly bear you on that. For episode 170, I'm out.